Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Welcome to the podcast with Pastor Paul and Reverend Matthew DeLeon with Power Talk. How you do, my pastor? Doing really good, Matthew. Well, Christmas is around the corner, literally. We gone through Thanksgiving. Ooh. I know. I know. Do you, have your, do you have your Christmas list ready, my pastor? I want my presents. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. And it's funny. We just talk, We just finished talking about his presents, and I want a present. <laughs> but in any case, I hope your listeners are doing really good during this holiday season, and I hope you're just enjoying life, not being bombarded by the traffic and all the commercialism that kind of goes on during the season. But remember, Christ is a reason for Christmas. Please Amen. remember that. Amen. Please, please remember that. We enjoy Christmas. We enjoy the presents and the food. But Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen for that. Amen. Well, to t- today's topic we're going to be talking about is temptation, my pastor. Hmm. Temptation. Yeah. We're all familiar with, with temptation to some degree. But we're going to try to just elaborate a little more just for some understanding for you, listener. Okay? So before I get we go too much, I like to give the definition Temptation is enticement to, to do evil by arguments, by flattery, or by to offer some real or apparent good. In other words, it's going to look good to the eye. It's going to look good to the smell. It's going to sound good to the ear, maybe even to the touch. But it's wrong. It's wrong. That's why it's called temptation. Yep. So right. with that, my pastor, uh, the first question I have is, where did temptation originate? Well, we, we see the very first time that a temptation really entered into the world as we know it. It was with Adam and Eve. Yes. Um, and at this time, Satan is using literally just a piece of fruit to tempt a, to tempt, uh, on, a couple of individuals. You put it that uh, way. Yes, good. You know, a couple of individuals that had everything that they needed to choose and to eat. But they chose the forbidden fruit of all things. I mean, you're right. I mean, how simplistic is that? It's a piece of fruit, man. <laughs> That's it. But we see that when I read the scriptures, Pastor, that Eve was tempted with a certain knowledge that she didn't think she possessed already. Mm-hmm. And she so, so she wanted more. Yeah. She wanted more. It obviously wasn't the fruit that they were just wanting. It was obvious what there the it fruit is. held. It was there obviously it the thing that the fruit possessed within itself. Yeah, the ability to know... That no more or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, good and evil. And so yes. under under the circumstance, these two were not hungry for a piece of fruit that they'd never had before. They were yes. they the the natural appetite of man is that we would kind of gravitate towards things that are unhealthy mm-hmm. just because of our own curiosity. Yeah. Uh, just because of our own disobedience and rebellion. We just naturally gravitate. Now Adam and Eve weren't what you call rebellious or disobedient. No. You know, they hadn't experienced anything but purity. But nonetheless, the little indicator that goes on that God created yeah. inside the brain, it still had the capability and the ability to choose between doing what's right and doing what's wrong. I love that, Pastor. They walked with God in the cool of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what could they talk about? There's no sin. There's no sports. There's no election going on, man. I mean, but they're talking with God. They're engaging in conversation right. according to Scripture. What we read, right. they're they're talking with God. And you got me thinking here. You had women being tempted. The woman being tempted by the fruit, but the man, what was he thinking? He wasn't. He wasn't even thinking about the knowledge aspect of it. He's looking at his his woman there, his wife, mm-hmm. and he was tempted by the offering that she gave to him. Yeah, I mean, you got to understand, 
as far as we know, their eyes didn't open when she ate. Yeah. Yes. Their eyes only opened after he did. Mm-hmm. And that was simply because man had created, for God had created man first. Yeah. And the result was, was that the man had already had to have known these rules. Yes. Concerning that tree. Yeah. Because all of the trees and everything, the shrubbery and, you know, everything on planet Earth to that God created was already pre-created before Adam and Eve showed up. Right. That was to sustain the life of the people and the animal kingdom and stuff of that nature right. to provide and be able to sustain itself. Mm-hmm. Well, if those trees already existed, you can't tell me that Adam hadn't already seen that tree a couple of times. Right, right. But all of a sudden, his wife shows up after God pulls her, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the tree looks good. Let's just do it. No. That's good. It's that subtlety. It's the, it's the way the enemy works so much. Mm-hmm. He'll Eve, if Satan can't get to you first, which he obviously wouldn't have been able to it's get good. to Adam. It's good because Adam already knew that truth. Truth. Yeah. Adam didn't already have didn't seem to have a desire for that tree even before there it is. Eve showed up. There it is. It's so it's good. good. Satan saw an opportunity to take advantage of the middleman, mm-hmm. the influencer. Right. Right. Now right. again, is that to say that she's She's terrible as a person? No. I mean, she's going to be equally as in trouble with God as Adam's (laughs) going to be, as Satan's going to be. Right. But nonetheless, even Paul made mention of this in Scripture, is that it was the woman who sinned first. Right. In other words, she was the one that was accepting and okay with the fact that she was willing to defy the plan and the guidelines that were given for that tree. That's right. And so Satan knew. Okay, Adam's probably might Adam may be a little hard to get through here mm-hmm. because he's already spent more time with God than even Eve. Right. He's he's spent more time. He knows this truth and he's holding it. He's already seen this tree a few times in the garden right. and he hasn't ever come near it. Right. So you know what? I'm going to go tempt her with something mm-hmm. that in turn will tempt him. Right. Because she's going to be the tempter. Right. She's going to be my influence. She's going to mm-hmm. be my. She's going to be my legs to go into yeah, this, this yeah, deal yeah. together with. Mm-hmm. She's going to be my co uh, cohort in this thing. Mm-hmm. And so Satan's not dumb. Right. You know he he learned that if you can't beat him, find a way to to get through anyway. Like you mentioned the word influencer, and John Maxwell uses that word in leadership a lot. A lot. You know, you, you talk to the influencer, and that influences the crowd, the, mm-hmm. the, the congregation, or the pastor, either way. But you look for the influencer. Yeah, and, and a leader always has influence, is what he says. And it's mm-hmm. true. You, you're not much of a If there's nobody following you, yeah. he basically says, then you're not a leader. Right. Because only leaders have a following. That's, and good, so, that's good in itself. And so, you know, look, Satan couldn't lead anybody, but he could obviously had some sort of influence over the woman. Right. The woman, in turn obviously had some sort of influence mm-hmm. over the man. Right. And the man, well, he was just foolish enough to take it. And that's right. when, of course, the Word of God says that their eyes opened. Right. So because wow. of, uh, God was allowing a lot of that authority to rest on him and on his shoulders. And thereby it separated that from that point for themselves from the Garden of Eden, walking with God <clears throat> in the cool of the day, to now woman's going to feel some some birth pains here. Yeah. Man's going to be sweating yeah. by the brow of his head and working that soil. By accepting that temptation, it changed the environment. It changed the whole environment. Now death entered in. And not just spiritual death. There, 
You know, that's physical. why that's mm-hmm. why even Satan said, you know, as far as death and life, he goes, surely you will not die. That mm-hmm. was one of the questions that he did. He he did it knowing with a hidden agenda right. exactly what he was saying. Surely you won't die. Mm-hmm. Well, surely you will. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to be a physical death right. right away, but it's going to be a spiritual death. It's going to separate you from the one who created you. But in reality, it also did create a physical death. It did. Because as we know it, time... As we know it, from mm-hmm. mankind started shrinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a flood that occurred. All kinds yeah. of things happen when yeah. we sin, and mm-hmm. we do not deny the temptation. Yeah, I love the fact that Jesus came to save us, Pastor. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm blessed that He you. saved us. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, the qu- next question is obvious, but I like to ask it anyways: Is who brings temptation? Yeah, there's no doubt about Satan being the tempter. He's mm-hmm. even called the tempter in Scripture. Okay. Um, but script, but like like Paul said, he says, no temptation has seized you, but which is common to man. Mm. And God is faithful; He will not let you be tempted love beyond scripture. what you can bear. I love that scripture. So it doesn't really matter how big the temptation is to you. Mm-hmm. Look, the, when a temptation is extremely big to you, mm-hmm. it's really hard to defeat. It's really hard to overcome. It's really hard to step back and say no to it. Right. It's because it's something that you haven't cleansed of your life. Mm-hmm. And Satan knows this. This is why he doesn't beat certain people up with drugs. Okay, drugs are not an issue for people. Right, right. Maybe, maybe it's a you know, uh, maybe it's pornography. You know, if it's not a, some people, it's just not an issue. Why? Because they don't put themselves in that position. Right. But for other people that it's a struggle with, we they tend to put themselves in a position where that struggle's always before them. Right. And in reality, they need to get to God. Yes. And get themselves out of that position. Amen. Get God to deliver, heal, yeah. whatever it takes, yeah. um, but to free them from the bondage. Exactly. In fellowship with somebody, talk with somebody, let them yeah. know. I mean, it says, confess your sins to one another. Yes. So there can be healing in that. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we can't be too prideful. Yes. When there's a temptation or a sin that's easily going to overwhelm us, and we know it. Yeah. I think about myself in times past with temptation. I was too, too afraid. I was too embarrassed. Sure. It is you know embarrassing. I mean? uh, but, you know, I, I I know it's hard because I don't think there's any person in the world that would ever want to have to go admit a certain flaw. I know. I know. An imperfection. Mm-hmm. You know, something that honestly is a stain in our life. Right. To have to go admit it to someone. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But... Isn't it better to go ahead and just admit it to someone that you yes, can trust that's yes. not going to go share it with the world, obviously, <laughs> than to make potentially hell because you just were afraid to deal with it? Yeah. No, it's an easy decision. No, I, I love what you taught many years ago to me personally is that when you do uh, want to confide in somebody, make sure you go up with your problems, yes. not not lateral, somebody else who's dealing with the same situation. Yeah, it's not a unilateral situation at no. all. No. You make sure you go up with it. Yeah, definitely. You know, we were always taught that when you have a problem, you go up. In mm-hmm. other words, what it's saying is is that problems go up, answers come down. Mm-hmm. So basically, if I have a problem, being a pastor, I'm definitely not going to go tell somebody in my congregation, no matter how wonderful they are. And it's not because they're no good. It's right. not because I, I can't trust them. It's maybe not. But in reality, you're putting something on people. The reason why they're not in their position mm-hmm. is because there's still limitation that God sees in their life on being able to handle certain things. That's right. And so what he does is he gives me other ministers. Mm-hmm. And so I need to go to those other ministers exactly. that, you know, that have a position high as high or higher than me. Right. And then what happens is that answer comes down to me. Amen. Um, and again, there might be some people that disagree and there might be some rare exceptions. I don't know. Sure, maybe sure. you're, maybe there's an exception to every rule. I get it. 
But I would say for the most part, if you're a minister of some sort, mm-hmm. you would take that problem up and yeah. don't go to your best friend necessarily. Right. Uh, we learned very early in the ministry that, you know, whenever there was a situation and a problem, mm-hmm. you, you have to have a very limited amount of people that you go to. Because right. in reality, when when your friend can't handle it, mm-hmm. it's amazing how they start losing sleep because of, of a situation that they weren't meant to carry. Yeah. And even though they're good friends and they yeah. may not go tell everybody, you, you don't know it becomes their burden, too, if they mm-hmm. really love you. And yet they can't handle it. They yeah. may seem like it on the outside, but in the inside, uh, let me give you an example. I, I know somebody that, you know, uh, was was struggling with lust of another woman, mm-hmm. and they were talking, blah, 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 you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, he took it to a friend. He was in ministry. He took it to a friend that was under him. Mm-hmm. Well, this friend now is like, you know, it, it seemed okay on the outside when they were talking about it, when right. they were dealing with it, but all of a sudden this friend's walking away thinking, Oh, great. Mm-hmm. He's a minister and can't do it. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do it? You see, it put, it put doubt in his own life now. Mm-hmm. Because at that low of a level, at the level that he was currently That's at, doesn't mean he's not a good Christian. Doesn't right. mean that he's not faithful. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's such a high level that they, he looks at his friend at. Right. And the problem that he's dealing with, mm-hmm. and now that problem comes down to him, mm-hmm. it was extremely weighty because it's like, wow. Are all ministers this way? Right. Even though that's my friend, are right. all people struggling with this that I don't? Oh my goodness! And it just puts a lot of doubt into your leadership. Mm-hmm. But if you take it to another leader, they can say, "Man, I've been there. Right. I've not only been there, but you know what? You are not alone, and I'll pray with you, and I'll come with you." Because the truth is, they're not going to be surprised by it. Exactly. They're not going to be surprised by your word that you're like. Guess what's going on in my life? Guess what I'm struggling with? Right. They won't be surprised. They've exactly. already seen it. They've exactly. probably already experienced it. Exactly. So that's why we got to go up with our mm-hmm. answer, uh, up with our questions, and let the answers come back down. And when the answers come down, oh, what a blessing! It is a what blessing. a blessing, especially if it's somebody who really knows how to deal with it. Exactly. Uh, people <laughs> that know how to deal with it, they're usually very comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, of course, you do need a spiritual whooping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've yeah. actually had to do that with a couple of people myself. They mm-hmm. thought, you know, they came to me. Now I didn't do this with everyone. Mm-hmm. It was just those those couple that I a couple of individuals. Yeah. For the most part, when people have come to me, I'm like, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to work through this. I'll right. pray. Right. Here's, and give them advice and share with them what they need to do mm-hmm. to you know the next steps. Yeah. And uh, we deal with it like one. You know, we had an individual in our church, you know, playing in the band. Mm-hmm. Here they are committing adultery mm-hmm. right there in our church mm-hmm. and, or having fornicate, fornicating with somebody in our right, church. Right. Fornication itself sounds like a bad word, but <laughs> nonetheless, they were fornicating. And, uh, <laughs> and when you really think about it, it just tells terrible. It does. But it is terrible. It is true. Yeah, it is. So, you know, they're, they're, they're committing this sexual act with somebody else in the church, but all the while they're playing the drums. Well, in the process, we knew that we had to deal with it once we found out. Mm-hmm. We dealt with it. We dealt with it on this one occasion. We mm-hmm. dealt with it. Yeah, we had to get in their face a little bit. Mm-hmm. But all in all, you know, we came at them pretty easy with mm-hmm. correction and love, mm-hmm. and then we restored them. Mm-hmm. And for about six months, they were out. Mm-hmm. 
It ends up a few, couple of months, two, three, four months later, they look back at it again. But mm-hmm. this time, it was even worse. Mm-hmm. Well, the next time we go at them, we're not just coming at you with the nicety, nice, levity, love stuff. Right? No, we got to we got to hammer this, and you're mm-hmm. in trouble. Right? You're in trouble. You are an adult mm-hmm. that needs to stay close to other Christians. Mm-hmm. You should have been asking for advice. You should have been calling somebody right. before you made that ugly decision. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and they didn't. So mm-hmm. guess what? We got to come at them a little harder mm-hmm. because they couldn't resist the temptation. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That person doesn't go to our church anymore because you know what? They don't like correction. Mm-hmm. And the correction was what would have saved them. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know where they're at today. Mm-hmm. And that's not my issue or my right, problem at this right. point. But when the temptation comes, right. you, there's probably going to be some correction if mm-hmm. you end up messing up. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would suggest that if you're a minister of any kind and, mm-hmm. and you just patty, uh, you know, give somebody a pat on the back, mm-hmm. trust me, the time will come. The, 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 I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to say everybody. Right. But there's a good chance that they'll probably do it again mm-hmm. because the great thing about the body of Christ is that accountability sometimes is hard. Mm-hmm. Accountability is hard right. because the truth is you've put an, you've put a microscope on your life when you've made that kind of mistake. Yes. And it's good, though. Mm-hmm. It's good. People mm-hmm. may not like it, but in mm-hmm. reality, you should be happy that people would watch you and watch you to protect you. Yes. If you don't want that Absolutely. protection, mm-hmm. protection, here's what you're going to do. You're going to mm-hmm. run from it. Mm-hmm. You're going to find a way out anyway. You're going right. to sin anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you've got that, the temptations are easier to deal with simply mm-hmm. because somebody is there saying, no, no. Exactly. The Lord gave me a, a little revelation. He says he forgives those who have, who obviously have fallen in, in, uh, in some kind of sin. Yes. But he rewards faithfulness. Yes. I shared this to my girls the other day. I said, don't you want to be the side of, re- of, of being rewarded for mm-hmm. faithfulness? Yeah. I said, temptation will come. It comes to everybody. That's right. But we're given either to stand and resist it or flee. But either one, you're not going to fall into it. That's exactly right. Um, you, we got to understand is that, you know, in James chapter one, we know that we've heard this scripture before. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. In other words, you're going to have to endure it. In other words, right. when it comes at you, it's not going to be an easy thing. Right. It's basically letting us know right here, you're going to have to endure it. In other yes. words, it's going to be hard to overcome. Yes. But blessed is the man who does. Yes. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Mm-hmm. So the Lord's saying right here that if you endure that temptation and you don't fall prey to it and you don't give in to it, mm-hmm. here's what's going to happen. The day that the Lord returns, yeah. the day that you meet him face to face, yes, you will be approved by God. Yes. Okay. And what was scripture was that? That again? was James 1, verse 12. Okay. And so you'll be approved. In other words, God will say, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. You're going to be approved. Right, which leads to our next question, and we know the answer because it's right there in that verse, is who can never tempt us and why? Okay. So, and, it's, and it's right in there. Yeah, let's go ahead and read then in verse, verse 13. 13. Yeah. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Mm-hmm. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Look, in order for God to be to tempt, oh, here he, is. he would have to be able to have the ability to think evil. Right. Understand, God can't even think evil. Right. You see, you and I can Mm-hmm. I can sit here right now and think of a dirty thought if I want. Yeah, God can't even do it. Right, it's not even a part of His nature. And we've heard this before that if we're, we're found in a situation that God's testing me, Pastor. Oh well, that's Amen. a different thing. That's, <laughs> yeah. they, they they think that that temptation right. is a form of God's testing. 
It is, and I've seen that before. Many yeah. people, it's like they're they walk by a strip club and they're struggling mm-hmm. with it. God was testing me. Yeah, that's not testing. That is your own temptation. That's your own temptation. That's why it says, "Let's read that." That's yeah, good. that's really good. It says, "Nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted." There it when is. He is drawn away by his own, own desires. desires and enticed. His own desires. So, so let's deal with that really quick because that's really good. Because I, I for years. I've heard some really great messages, believe it or not. And and in my earliest of earliest of days, I used to think this too. Mm-hmm. I used to always say, you know what? You know, God was putting me through the test, but I came through with flying colors. Okay, let's look at it before I get it even to it biblically. In order for God to test you, remember, when you went to school, mm-hmm. we used to take tests. Right, right. The only reason that the teacher would give you a test is for what? To make sure you studied your information. Right. Because that teacher doesn't know if you... Studied. If you studied. Because they don't know if you know the answers, right? Right, right. And the test gives them insight as to whether yeah. you know it. Based on the questions. Right. Then why would we say God knows everything? Mm-hmm. He, why would he test I us? I see what you're saying. He obviously doesn't know. If right. the teacher doesn't know when they give you a test if you're going to get an A right. or an F, they right. don't know. Because they don't know. Because they don't know if you've studied. They don't know if you know the information. Right. Why would God test us? Because here's what I always tell people. If God tests you mm-hmm. and you fail, mm-hmm. he's guilty too. Right. How do I know this? He's at fault. He's at fault because he tested you. Because when you look, if you go look, what did Satan do in Genesis chapter 2 yes. and 3? Mm-hmm. He tempted Adam and Eve. Yes. And guess what? God brought a curse upon him. Mm, he did. The woman also got a curse, we know, in childbearing. Yes. We also know the man brought a curse. To right. The, and, and the world in itself brought a curse. As a result, there was a curse upon planet Earth. Mm-hmm. My point is is that if Satan got in trouble just for the tempting, mm-hmm. and now God's going to do it? Well, I looked up this word tempt. Mm-hmm. This word tempt in the New Testament actually means to test. There you go. It actually means to test. So if God's testing me, it's because, one, he doesn't know the answer right. that I'm going to respond, if, right. if I, how I'm going to respond, because he doesn't know how I already, what I already know. Right. He doesn't know if I know the answer, which we know that he does. Right. Secondly, that means that he wants to do what? Oh, I heard people say stuff like, well, he's testing to see if we'll be faithful. Okay, first of all, your livelihood should reveal that. Right. He doesn't need to test you even more. There you go. That's good. That's he doesn't. good. And a lot of That's people good. will use Genesis chapter, I believe, 19 and 20, where mm-hmm. Abraham, right, where it says God te- te- tested Abraham. Mm-hmm. That word tested in that passage means to prove. Mm-hmm. God was going to prove to Abraham mm-hmm. that everything that he had promised to him would come to pass. Mm-hmm. But Abraham had an assignment mm-hmm. that he had to obey God. Right. It wasn't because he didn't know Abraham wasn't going to be faithful. He already knew. Even Abraham in Hebrews eleven one, even Hebrews eleven chapter or chapter eleven, right? It says that even Abraham trusted that God would have brought Isaac back to life. Right. So even Abraham had the faith. Right. So my point is, is God wasn't testing Abraham in the way that we know of. Exactly. Exactly. He was actually trying to prove to Abraham that everything I told you is going to come to pass, but. Mm-hmm. The only way it's going to happen is you got to be obedient. Exactly. It had nothing to do with testing to see if Abraham would be faithful. Right. It had to do with Abraham. In order to do this, we got to do something in the spirit realm right. to make it a reality in the physical realm. That's good. What did Jesus do? He died on the cross. 
Well, that took what? What did it do when he did that? It mm-hmm. took effect in the spirit, right? But he had to do it in the natural, right? See, everything that happens in the natural—not mm-hmm. everything. I'm sorry. A lot of the things that happen in the natural were symbolic of the things that were happening in the spiritual, mm-hmm. and things that happen in the spiritual can probably be attested to right. in the physical. That's good. So we know, like for instance, just just silly example: Joseph. Mm-hmm. He was thrown into a pit, mm-hmm. right, by mm-hmm. his brothers, right. To be sold into slavery into Egypt. Right. Well, isn't that something? Watch this. He not only was thrown into a pit, but he was thrown into a pit with the coat that his father, Jacob, gave it to him, which was a coat of many colors. Mm-hmm. And top of that, the brothers took the blood of goats mm-hmm. and sprinkled it on, on the coat. The coat. Mm-hmm. Now watch this. Jesus, according to scripture, went down into Sheol or the pit. Right. To die for our sins. Yeah. But how did he do it? He had to hang on the cross by shedding the blood. Mm-hmm. And he didn't shed blood just for the Jews like a lot of them thought. Mm-hmm. It was for, for the everyone, the nations. It was for all the nations of the world. The coat of many colors represents the nations. Right. The goat's blood, actually goats in scripture represent sin. sin. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is he, they, they threw the blood on that, that coat of many colors saying sin. that's just like Jesus. J- Joseph actually means like Savior. Yes, it does. So... That was a symbolic, wow. Naturally, of what was going to take uh, what was going to take place spiritually with Jesus, mm-hmm. Joseph, mm-hmm. literally, uh, like it was a type and shadow of the Savior, mm-hmm. and uh, he used and he literally shed his blood yeah. for the nations of the world. Wow! And so we see it symbolically in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. in the physical. What took place in the spiritual. Wow. So the Word of God is constant. Yes. There's constant physical with spiritual. Why is that important? Mm-hmm. Because that's all God was doing with Abraham. Yeah. He was just saying, look, here's what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Here, here, it's a symbolic thing. I've got to, you've got to do this, Abraham. Right. If you're going to be the father of many nations, yes. here's what I need you to do. You've got to be willing to sacrifice your son, but you've got to do it in every way that you can. Wow. It was a symbolic of what God the Father, mm-hmm. just like Abraham was a father of many nations, God the Father is now the father of all those who serve him. Wow. Just like Isaac represented the son Jesus, yes. so does Jesus represent the son of the Father, wow. Father God. Wow. And he was going to die at the altar. Mm-hmm. Jesus died on the cross. Wow. You see the symbolism and you see how exactly. they kind of cross-pollinate. All I'm simply saying is, is that... God didn't test Abraham no more than he tests us in the mm-hmm. way that we know what a test is. Wow. Abraham, according to Hebrews 11, was faithful. Yes. God already knew his faithfulness. Right. If anything, Abraham knew that God would be faithful. That's right. That's it good. wasn't that God knew. God already knew Abraham. That's right. why he chose him in That's the right. land of Ur. That's right. You know, his name was Abram at that time. Right. So my point is, is that if you, when you look at James chapter 1, it's impossible for God to tempt or to test anyone. Mm-hmm. Because if we fail, he is also the one to blame. So That's he right. doesn't tempt us. Mm-hmm. It's our own physical, natural, emotional, mental desires yes. that draw us away. That's right. Our own desires. It's our own. And he also talks about our youthful desires, those yes. sinful lusts. That's right. Those desires weren't there like two years ago. They've been there for some time. Yes, that's exactly right. So let's look at this. It basically, there's a three-stage track of temptation that leads to death, okay? So if you read verse 14 of James chapter 1, mm-hmm. it says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away, watch, by his own desires and mm-hmm. enticed. Right. Then when desire is conceived... 
it gives birth to sin. Mm-hmm. That's the second thing. Yeah. And sin, when it there is full it is. grown, there brings forth death. Three. There it, is. there it is. So here's stage one. The first stage is what we call desire and entice. Where mm-hmm. it does, in other words, compromise. Right. This is actually a compromise. When we give into this first stage of temptation of compromise, mm-hmm. here's what happens. We we give in a little bit here. We give over a little bit yes, there. Sir. Yes, it's kind of like if you haven't drank in years because you know that you shouldn't, mm-hmm. because God's even told you not to, because you used to be an alcoholic, let's say, at right. one time. Right. But now all of a sudden you go visit a friend that you haven't visited in years, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, just have a little bit of wine with us. Right. And you're either going to be bold enough to stand up and say, no, I cannot do this because Mm -hmm. of where I've come from. Right. Or to keep from being embarrassed, you go ahead and make one little compromise. And so, yeah, you have one little glass. Right. Yeah, but you had one little glass that just awakened those old desires. Desires. There you go. It awakened those old desires. Now that desire becomes enticing to you. Right. Now all of a sudden you go into the grocery store to buy yourself some ice cream, but Mm -hmm. you walk by the bottle of wine and you're thinking, you know what? I'm just going to buy a bottle. Yeah. Just, one bottle ain't going to get me drunk. Right. Before you know it, you're no longer going to the store to buy ice cream. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're buying a you're buying a six-pack and everything else. And before you know it, you, you've lost your way because exactly. you've allowed compromise to come in. That's good. But then after compromise comes, stage two is what I call, watch, it says, and it gives birth to sin. In other words, now you're tolerant. Mm-hmm. Now comes tolerance. You accept it. You accept it. You're saying, hey, it's okay. I tolerate it. In fact, if you drink, hey, it's all right. I drink a little bit. I'm a Christian. Now you're telling your friend that knew that you didn't really drink. Now right. you go over and visit them a little bit more right. often and say, hey, don't worry about it. Now, I I do a bottle of wine right. a week. It's not a big, big deal anymore. You see, you've got to the point where now it's tolerant. Now it doesn't bother you at all if it's right. even in your presence. Right. Before... It was just a simple compromise, but now it's 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 grown into something more. Mm-hmm. Now it's you tolerate it, you accept it, and that's what happens with any kind of sin in the world. Right. You look, there was a time when we didn't agree to a lot of diff- different types of sin right. that we agree to today. Mm-hmm. To, we would have never thought that's... of abortions at the beginning of the turn of the 19th, 20th century. Yeah. You know, at 1900, in the year 1900, abortions were not a question. Exactly. Alco- drunkenness was wrong. Right. Um, sleeping around and fornication yes. was yes. wrong. Homosexuality right. was wrong, period. Mm-hmm. There were certain things. But now when you listen to people, now Christians, it's like, well, yeah, but they're nice people. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're not going to. God loves them. He would right. never allow them to go to hell. And we come up with all these weird cliches right. that have nothing to do with living righteous. That's right. To excuse what we know that at one time we wouldn't have done. Exactly. We become tolerant. That's right. That's good. Okay, so now temptation leads to stage three. Yes. Now stage three, if we read it here in, in James chapter one, okay, then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, wow. brings forth death. So basically, we go from tolerance, like, you know what, it's tolerable, you went from compromise to tolerance. Now it's complete acceptance. Now you're out there fighting for sin. This is where you'll see a lot of Christians now. They get upset. All you got to do, just just look at the way people voted. Right. You know, and again, I don't really want to get into politics, but just look at the way people voted. Anybody that has any understanding and truth and knowledge of God's Word and has the Holy Spirit right. in them right. would know that any candidate that's for abortion... Mm-hmm. Is wrong. Right. But you know how many voted 
for Biden mm-hmm. and Harris, knowing that they, they are okay with killing children right. and Trump isn't. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is not a plug for either one. I'm really right. not. My Talk point, about truth. Uh, but I'm just telling you truth scripturally. Yes. If it was Jesus running for president, I'm telling you right now, I'd have no problem saying his name. So right. I don't have a problem saying a name because in reality, the spiritual things are quite important to God. Yes. And when we give in to the temptations and we're okay with it to some point, it goes from compromise yes. to tolerating it. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. It's not that big a deal to all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to fight for it. Right. Why? Because... When people voted for Biden, when most of the people that I hear voted for Biden, Biden is because, and, and I'm talking so-called spiritual right. people. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're that spiritual, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but they're obviously claiming to be Christians. They voted on things that had nothing to do with the spiritual stuff. That's right. It was well, I, I, you know what? I think he'll do a better job at creating, uh, stopping the division that's in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a supporter of certain rights, or he's a support. It's like, wait a second. Right. Jesus could care less about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What about the stuff that he does care about? Like right. a child, the, that unborn child. Yes. You see, Christians don't think about that. I'm sorry. We got blood on our hands. When you right. start spilling the blood of innocent children, you've gotten to the place where you start, you're accepting something that's ungodly. Yeah. And I've heard, I've even heard, I'm not going to call them Christians because mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I question it. Right. It's arguable. <laughs> it's very arguable. <laughs> uh, let me say that. But I've actually heard several of them on uh, social media, mm-hmm. and they're saying why the abortion thing wasn't the most important thing. That's crazy. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. You mean the life that God creates isn't that? What? That's crazy. What, what world do we live in that we've gotten to the point that it's not just acceptance, but when you get to the place of acceptance, you even fight for the sin? Yeah. Because you care more about this than yeah. you do that. Look, the world is in a, is in a tailspin. Because it just isn't accepting temptation. It's not just falling for temptation. It's accepting it. And we read a scripture a moment ago before the podcast, Pastor, regarding Isaiah. Talking about it was him who deceived the nations. That's right. It was Satan who's Satan. doing this. And people are falling in line with temptation. Yes. They're yes. believing that lie. They're accepting that lie. They're tolerating that lie. And they're doing that lie now. You know, when Satan handed the piece of fruit to, to Eve... Mm-hmm. He didn't hand it to her with an aggression. He didn't hand it to her with a gun in his hand. He didn't hand it to her. Look, when he went to this, I will say, because if you look in Isaiah 14, you know, because me and you've already talked about this, but but without going into great detail, the one of the things that you find is that he got kicked out of heaven. We know Mm. this according to Revelations 12. It says that Michael, the archangel, kept and swept one third of the stars from heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, it was talking about Satan and his little cohorts that followed him. Okay, Right. So we know that in Isaiah 14, it says Mm -hmm. he desired to exalt himself above the throne of God. Right. In other words, he wanted the position that Jesus inhabits right now. Right. That Christ, Jesus Christ inhabits right now. The throne. He wanted to exalt himself. But he got thrown out, and according to scripture, it was one third of those stars, which means it's probably about a third of the angels that were in, that followed Satan mm-hmm. or Lucifer, Lucifer or whatever yeah. were the ones that got kicked out. Right. Here's my point: He went in up there with a war in mind. Mm. He went up there getting ready to battle. He was going in with guns blazing. He knew. He thought that he had the power because of his perfection, according to Ezekiel 28, right. his wisdom, right. his beauty, right. his intelligence. Everything that God created him to have is power. God created that. God created that. He thought, man, I have enough to take over heaven. Mm-hmm. 
and he ended up, he gets, he got swept out. And mm-hmm. it says, Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, boom, it was a lightning flash and he was already from heaven, boom, to earth. earth. Instant. So here's my point. How come he didn't do that with people that were much weaker than God? Mm-hmm. He didn't go to Eve and say, you know what? You're going to take it or else. Mm-hmm. He did it in heaven. Mm-hmm. He went in ready to fight. Yeah. On earth, he didn't. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because he saw the same attributes in Adam and Eve mm-hmm. that he had seen that destroyed him and beat him in heaven. Yeah. He saw Adam and Eve, who was created in the likeness and in the image mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. Which, by the way, they weren't just created in likeness and image. God says that I give you power and authority or dominion yes. over every creeping thing. Right. And Satan was a creepy thing. And so my point is, is simply to say that he knew already... If I disrupt Adam and Eve and they display their authority and their power over me, mm-hmm. here's what's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to kick me out of the garden. Mm-hmm. Instead, what he did is he says he came in subtle and crafty. Gonna, that's what I was talking about right subtle there. Subtle and crafty. Yeah. And the reason why he came in subtle and crafty is because he knew Adam and Eve had the same authority, mm-hmm. the same dominion, mm-hmm. the same power. Now, were they as strong as God and right. as powerful as God? Well, right. obviously they aren't, but neither is Michael the archangel. Right. And yet he beat Satan. So that's what Satan was afraid of. He's like, if I stir them up and get them angry yeah. Yeah. and give them, and they have a reason for a righteous indignation, I'm mm-hmm. going to be kicked out of the garden. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in like a car salesman. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, what's up, everybody? Solo crafty. Well, yeah, solo crafty. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen this apple before? Oh, you're going to love this one. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. He came in with these big swelling words, and he came in subtle and crafty. He came in displaying it in a way. That would make it look like tempting. tempting. Rather than try to defeat them hand-to-hand combat, yeah. he defeated them with a word. My goodness. With a word. You know, I think of the imagery of people. Man creates, like, think about temptation. I see an apple and a bite of it taken out. And that apple they draw is like, almost like it has a sensual look to it. Mm-hmm. Because that's the image that they believe that Satan had did with Eve. Yes. You know, to some degree. Yes. And, and so when you look at that, what he's done since the beginning of time for man, for yes. man, he's done that ever since, and he's doing it now. Yeah. The, only th- the only difference is Amer- United States, I mean, they have been swayed all these years, and we're seeing it now. That's right. With more clarity. That's right. And it's interesting that some people are like, you're voting for Trump? Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're condoning, you're con- sponsoring Trump? It's like, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, you're not? Yeah, and, and that's why I say you got to get past the shell of any man. You exactly. got to get to the heart of a man. And exactly. That's the way God's going to look at us. He's not going to look at the shell because our shells, boy, mm-hmm. sometimes they're messed up. They ain't real pretty looking. Mm-hmm. But when God looks at something, He looks at the heart of man. Yeah. And that's what we are as people supposed to look at. What's the heart of that person? What's their real motive? What's yeah. their real agenda? And. Not just the things that they're saying, but what are they doing to prove out that God's ideals and values are working through that person? Exactly. You see, we've got to get to this place where, um, you know, temptation. And let me just say this. If you get tempted, you didn't sin. Right. Temptation is not a sin. That's right. It's partaking of the temptation. It mm-hmm. goes from temptation now to sin. Exactly. Temptation is not wrong. Exactly. Temptation's the opportunity for you to run. And exactly. so people, when you're when you're being tempted and you know it's something you struggle with, just remember, you haven't sinned yet. Yeah. 
oh yeah, it might look gratifying. It mm-hmm. might look pleasing to the eye like the fruit was with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. But remember, that's not a sin to right. say, wow, it looks pleasing. Right. It's the fact that you would sit and look at it too long till eventually you want to touch it. Right. And then it goes from touch to taste. Yeah. And then from there, it leads to something extremely dangerous because now you're in full-blown sin. Exactly. So once you see the temptation, as hard as it may be, yeah. turn and walk away. That's mm-hmm. why it says, he who endures to, to the, the end, end shall, shall be, be saved. saved. And, and the last question I have here is, who can redeem us from falling into temptation? And that's our Savior. Mm-hmm. Run to him. Go to him. Yes. I found this in Hosea 14 when I was struggling with sin many years ago with my pastor. It says, he heals us from our backsliding ways. In other words, our weak flesh. Yeah. So we're no longer desiring those evil things. Yeah. It's knowing how to run to the Lord and standing on those words to break that, whatever, that stronghold in the mm-hmm. mind and the soul. Yeah. And acknowledging, God, I do have a problem. Amen. I am tempted with this, but I need your strength. I need your help. I need you to continue to equip me every day. Yeah. But the good thing is we get to rely on God even more deeper. Yeah. Again, we talked about presence, our last podcast. And to me, that kind of goes in with this. With regard to temptation, yeah. get in his presence, you'll, you'll get healed of that. Again, Hosea 14 says it, I will heal you of your backsliding ways. Yes. So God knows, hey, God knows that we get, you know, men and women, we're tempted, we get tempted. Mm-hmm. But he's provided a way in his call. It's through healing, it's through deliverance. Yes. It's by his touch. And I'm going to tell you, the majority of your temptations are going to come from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Boy, it says right here, it says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away from his own desires. See, it's it, you can be tempted, mm-hmm. but don't be drawn away. There it is. That's all Satan did with Adam and Eve. He drew them away. He drew them away from what? Their mm-hmm. source. Their source of strength. Their yes. source of hope. The face of God. Yeah. And this is why when God re-showed up back in the garden that day, and he's like, well, where are you guys? Yeah. And, well, we're hiding. Well, why are you hiding? Right. Because, you know, that we see our nakedness. And he says, well, who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. You see, the nakedness was not an issue until their eyes were open. Yeah. And, and so what happens is, is that it causes me and you to have to hide from God because yeah. we've drawn away from him. Mm-hmm. But it causes God to have to move away, too. Yeah. And so remember... Satan cannot t- tempt you the same way that he used to tempt Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, he was able to be with them face to face. Now mm-hmm. think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we know this? He was face to face with Adam and Eve. Right. He showed them the fruit. Jesus went into the wilderness and he was with Satan face to face also. Right. That's the only two instances where we really see anybody ever face to face with Satan that I know of. Wow. I don't know of any other real scriptures that I can think of that people were face to face with Satan. Wow. Except. Man in the garden mm-hmm. and Jesus in the wilderness. Wow. That's Adam good. lost his authority. Mm-hmm. Jesus regained it for us. And he, that's why Paul calls him the second Adam. Right. You're right. The very first confrontation with Satan, he lost. Yes. The second confrontation with Satan, he won. He won. Jesus, the man, Jesus, won. Jesus won. And the reason why that's important is because what happened in the wilderness with Jesus? He was tempted mm-hmm. there three is. times. Yes. And remember, after that temptation, and this mm-hmm. is just little gold nuggets here. Yeah. After that temptation, after he defeated him three times with the word, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same authority and power and dominion that there Adam and Eve had had, yes. but they didn't use it. There it is. Instead, they fell for it. They mm-hmm. questioned it. Right. Jesus didn't. Right. The moment he was handed the apple, basically. Right. He defeated it with the word. Now, today, we don't see Satan face to face. Instead, he he fires from behind 
large objects and yes. hurls fiery darts at you. Right. And remember, those fiery darts are tempting mm-hmm. because they're la- they're laced the the ultimate they're laced with messaging. Mm-hmm. They're laced with That's coded right. messages. Right. And people say, "What are you talking about?" I'm saying that with every arrow that he sends. There is something within that arrow that's laced or poisoned mm-hmm. with the thing that you struggle with. Right. But as long as you have your shield of faith and right. you stay close to God in the spirit, yes. those arrows will not hit you. That's right. That's why you have plenty of armor. Now, there's still exposed areas. Right. Scripturally, if you wa- read your that. Back. Your back. Your legs. There's certain. Mm-hmm. Dis- but if you know how to use your armor and your weapons mm-hmm. properly, yeah. those fiery darts will not stick. They'll hit the armor and right. they'll fizzle out. That's good. So when pornography, when lust, yes. when anger, mm-hmm. you name it. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness and offenses. I mean, mm-hmm. man, there's so many different areas. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a liar just because it comes naturally. You've been doing it and you grew up on the streets or something. And mm-hmm. you, now that you're a Christian, right. you're like, oh, lying. Look, no, we got to get rid of it. Right. We've got to get our, we've got to get spiritually prepared. Mm-hmm. For the fiery dart, because right. one thing Satan can't do, he can't be with you face to face anymore. Right. What he can do is send a fiery dart from mm-hmm. a distance and see if it hits. And you know he knows how it hits is when it hits and you respond. Wow. If your first response to that ugly thought that's in your head is mm-hmm. Jesus right now, I just Amen. rebuke that thought yeah. and I come against it in the name of Jesus. That's right. If you don't do that, mm-hmm. the temptation's sticking. Right. That fiery dart will stick to you. And it proves how serious you are about fighting that temptation off, too, yes. by the way. Yes. You've got to be serious. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's is it an everyday battle? I, sure it is. Yeah, I sure it is. But don't act like the battle is overwhelming to you because right. it's not overwhelming. In fact, it's a joy. Yeah, or act as if you lost already. Right. You haven't lost anything. You haven't lost anything. In fact, it should be a joy, and I think that's what James even tells us in James chapter one. Uh, he says right here. He says, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials." Another word for trials is actually temptations. There it is. When several ten different ten types of temptations come, just count all joy. Why? Because according to Scripture, joy is a what? It's a strength. Yes. Joy right. is our strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. strength. So when you have joy, you have strength. You have strength. And he's saying there's not a trial or a mm-hmm. temptation mm-hmm. or a testing that will ever come your way that you don't have the ability to overcome if you just yeah. keep joy. Joy that. will keep all your armor in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there we go. That's what Jesus came for. And joy is obviously one of the fruits of the Spirit, too, It's man. a fruit of the Spirit that's not very welcomed because we live in a world that's so negative. Mm-hmm. We're usually downtrodden or right. depressed. We're frustrated. We're angered. We're, we're bitter. We're, we're rejected. We're hurt. Yeah. I can tell you all the emotions that keep us down. Yeah, and we're so quick to receive those first mm-hmm. as opposed to joy. Joy, which will lift you up. Exactly. Joy will lift you up. Every other emotion will take you down. That's why God doesn't give you many different tools or uh, weapons in your arsenal. Mm -hmm. He only gives you joy. And he keeps it simple. He keeps it simple. Joy is all you need. If you don't know how to stir up joy, one, it says laughter do with good as a medicine. It's joy to me. You know what? Just laugh and Mm -hmm. don't worry about what people think. Just get in your prayer closet and go wait on the Lord for a little bit. Go worship. worship. There's so many options that you have Mm -hmm. to just dispel all the temptations that you're going to deal with. Yeah. That you can defeat Satan all the time. And mm-hmm. trust me, you'll find that the more temptations that you're able to defeat, 
the more often Satan is bewildered by how to defeat you. Amen. He doesn't know how to defeat you. Mm-hmm. He only knows how to defeat you based off of your response. Mm-hmm. And if your response the moment he hits you is, oh. Again? Again? Man, mm-hmm. this is always happening to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm just so tired. I can't handle it anymore. You know what? I'm done. Mm-hmm. You see, we say all these weird little things. Yeah, don't be your. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Don't be. Don't be a little cuddly, cute little Eeyore. <laughs> it don't work in the spirit realm. It don't. It don't work. It don't. So in conclusion of our power talk today, I want to, I want to read something here that the Lord gave me. We know these conversations are challenging, but they are for freedom, for healing and deliverance. You deserve to be free from suffering, bondage, and temptation. Amen. And so with that, we have some acknowledgments, my pastor. You want to go ahead and acknowledge Yes, it? I just want to say uh, thank you to fellowship.fm. They actually post our podcast mm-hmm. weekly, every Monday. Awesome. I would suggest go to fellowship.fm and look at the whole website. They play free music. Oh, there you go. They have podcasts that you can listen to for free or some ministries that you might really enjoy. Yeah. But we just want to say thank you to them yes. for hosting us. Yes. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Anchor yes. and also to Spotify for many of these other platforms that host our programming. Yes. And there are several others, like I said, if you want to know what they are, mm-hmm. you can go to our website at powerhousechurch.us. <laughs> US as in United States. Come US. On. Come on. And you can go to the podcasting page and mm-hmm. find many multiple different links you may have them on your phone there you go and you can listen to the audio there either way there's plenty of different ways to access this podcast yes thank you for joining us today power talk podcast is brought to you by powerhouse church you can find us at fellowship.fm and spotify if you would like more information prayer or want to contact us go to powerhousechurch.us